Hey, PFN Fantasy Podcast listeners, the NFL keeps moving and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this, Amon Ross St. Brown's current line is .5 receiving yards, but wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today with a link right here in your podcast description. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sapi. He can be found on Twitter at Kyle Sapi PFN. Kyle, how are you today on this fine Friday morning? I'm doing good. You sound upbeat and chipper. It's almost like your Bears just steamrolled a Thursday nighter here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, man. I will say that... Um, Dropping my kids off at school this morning, I was lagging. Like, I was, like, the coffee had not kicked in whatsoever. I was ready for you to, like, take over the energy on this podcast and really just be the driving force of it because my child is in the backseat. We're listening to Hamilton. He is just screaming at the top of his lungs, and I am just <laughs> sitting there like, please, just let's let's slow down. But by the time that I got back here to the desk, I was reviewing the stats from last night. I was preparing for the podcast, and I was like, you know what? I'm in a good mood. Let's talk some football here. Let's break that down. Chicago Bears, 40. Washington Commanders, 20. Let's talk about Justin Fields here. 15 for 29 through the air passing. 282 yards, four touchdowns. Adds on 11 carries for 57 yards with, hello, some quarterback-designed runs. Imagine that. What is the expectation here for Justin Fields moving forward? We kind of had this like weeks one, weeks two, week three. Okay, let's hold on to Fields here. We don't know. Like this happened last year. This isn't what we should expect moving forward. Don't cut him just yet because better times are ahead and better times have happened here the past two weeks. What can we expect moving forward? Man, no kidding. I mean, if he's going to look this good throwing the ball, and I get that they missed a few shots. He missed more in the end zone on the 25-yarder, the play to Mooney. To open the game, didn't miss by much, and you could argue if that was Mooney or Fields. The passing is still going to be a work in progress. I think we all came in with that expectation, but like you said, the design runs, and if he's if he's hooking up, like this is why DJ Moore was brought in, right? I mean, to give him a wide receiver one, we're saying Anthony Richardson is 2022 Fields, but with a wide receiver one. Why can't Justin Fields be Justin Fields from 2022, but with a wide receiver one? This looks legit to me if they... If he's going to keep running, the running isn't going to stop. Like, they're going to get him out of the pocket more. But, like, speed and athleticism, those things don't slump. You're going to have bad days throwing the ball or good days throwing the ball. But that speed is something that's real. And if they're just starting to scheme him up, I mean, we've, we're back to a top 10 guy, right? We were ready to cut him 11 days ago. <laughs> the, the moment that I saw, what was it, a quarterback misdirection counter? Uh, run from Justin Fields, every fantasy manager was like, yes, <laughs> like yeah. hallelujah, we have it here. And we had it in a big way. If you started Justin Fields, if you had faith in Fields last night, you were rewarded with a monstrous performance. It was in big part, thanks to his wide receiver one, you mentioned that name there, DJ Moore, eight receptions, 230 yards and three touchdowns. And you can argue yeah. that stat line should be a lot bigger because yes, DJ yeah. Moore did not step out of bounds. So Thoughts on DJ Moore here. Again, this was someone that we were ranking at wide receiver 40 11 days ago. And now moving forward, this guy might is locked into our top 15. 
Yeah, I've got him wide receiver 16 the rest of the way, so he's right there. But, I mean, it's it's crazy. Again, what we saw last night is – I don't want to say it's Devon Achan levels of usage here, but you're talking a 40% target share and 82% of the receiving yards. I don't think that's sustainable, but, I mean, we're talking – the clear-cut number one on an offense that we don't think really has any other options. Cole Komet's fine. Darnell Mooney is whatever he is. But, man, if Fields is going to show any sorts of progression, it's going to go as far as Moore will take him. It was huge. It was huge. It, it's going to be his best game of the year. I don't think there's any two ways about that, that there's only downside from here. But, yeah, he's got to be locked and loaded into fantasy lineups, a spot I didn't have for him even coming into this week. Forget last week. DJ Moore with eight receptions there. Cole Komet with five receptions, 42 yards, and a touchdown as well. Now has three touchdowns over the past two games here. Definitely someone that deserves starting consideration here moving forward. Outside of that, it was Robert Tunyon is the only other player that caught a pass here for the Chicago Bears. You want to talk about a narrow receiving tree? Uh, I will take it, though. DJ Moore yeah, and Cole Komet getting the job done there. <laughs> the running back situation here, I, I don't know if there's a ton to break down because you look at Khalil Herbert having yeah. that weird fluke injury. Hard. We don't know if he's going to be back for week six they do have now 10 days to rest up and so we'll monitor that situation Roshan Johnson leaving with a concussion and then Travis Homer uh their third string running back who plays special teams had a hamstring injury so it was Kari Blassen game as the main running back here for the Chicago Bears for a good portion of that second half that is a situation to monitor I don't know if there's a ton to break down here just yet we'll have more information as we move throughout the week Come back on the Monday Waiver Wire podcast for more information there. Let's go over to the Washington side of things here. Sam Howell, 51 pass attempts, gets the job done for fantasy, largely part in, uh, in large part due to that second half here. 388 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Is the leading rusher for the Washington Commanders last night with four carries for 19 yards. I think he's someone that is a streamer in plus matchups here, but not someone that we are confidently looking at moving forward. Let's talk about Brian Robinson, though. Brian Robinson, six carries. 10 yards, 1.7 yards per attempt, four receptions for 33 yards here. This was supposed to be a smash spot for Brian Robinson. Do we have concern for him moving forward? Minor concerns? I No, I didn't see them getting game scripted out of the running game by the Chicago Bears. If you would have come in and said all these things could happen and Chicago is just going to beat the brakes off of Washington, I wouldn't have exactly – I wouldn't have supported that. So, I mean, I think you're okay with Robinson. If you want to say he's a buy low, it is what it is. I'd be surprised if a Brian Robinson manager is selling him after that performance. Sam Hall is a real, the real thing as far as athleticism goes, and he's going to get his on the ground game. But, I mean, the important part, Brian Robinson had all six running back carries in this game. Six, obviously not a very big number, but he is clearly the featured back and an offense that we expect to function through the ground game. So he's still a running back two for me on a consistent basis. It stunk this week, but he did catch four passes. So at least he is getting involved on that degree. And Antonio Gibson isn't, isn't a concern at all. Logan Thomas finishing with yeah. 40 receiving yards or a touchdown in the three pass straight games here. So he is someone that deserves to be picked up and started here moving forward at the tight end position as we move into waiver wires. Again, we'll talk about him more on the Monday podcast. Curtis Samuel, Derek is jumping up and down. Uh, talking about Curtis Samuel nonstop here this past week. Finishes with six receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. I do want to spend just a couple of minutes here talking about Terry McLaurin, McLaurin. and Jahan Dotson because this is really frustrating when you have 51 pass attempts and Terry McLaurin finishes with four receptions for 49 yards, Jahan Dotson with three receptions for 30 yards, but you're seeing guys like Jamison Crowder. I didn't even know Jamison Crowder was back Neither on Washington. 
I had zero clue. Zero clue. And I do this for a living. Like I had zero clue that Jameson Crowder that he said they said his name on the broadcast. I was like, wait, what? What year is it? Returning a punt or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Deami Brown was seeing consistent targets. Byron Pringle, Cole Turner, like the the target tree here for Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders is like focus in on Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson has not lived up to expectations. So I want to talk about both of those together. What are our expectations for both these guys moving forward? Yeah, I'll start with Dotson first. I think you can probably cut ties. There's just not enough upside. We saw he wasn't a big target earner last season, but he made it pay off. He was scoring once every six, seven catches, and that was fine. The big plays were there, and he has that in his portfolio, but it's just not something you can count on. Like, there's a, is he that much different than Marvin Mims at this point? Like, it's, uh, we're going to, I mean, other than he's on the field plenty, but it's like, oh, he's going to see four to six targets, and I hope one of them's a 50 yard touchdown, because if not, I'm kind of stuck here. So, Dotson, I don't think it's a must-roster guy. McLaurin, the 4 for 49 doesn't worry me. It's a five targets. That's a sub-10% target share. That is yep. bananas for a team that really... I mean, should this offense not function that much different than your Bears? Like, they have a clear-cut wide receiver one, and then a bunch of, like, eh, like Curtis Samuels, whatever. He's like a flex kind of gadgety guy. Logan Thomas is fine when he's healthy. I'd, we'll, we'll see if he can string three of those weeks together, but... The 10% target share, like that is terrifying to me. He's yep. he's going to be a top 25 guy for me just because I still think he's the number one in this offense. They have a week and a half to get this right and to figure stuff out. But man, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned. I think Jahan Dotson at this point is someone that we need to be hitting the panic button on. He cannot be in starting lineups. And if you do have a better option that's available on the waiver wire, I'm fine. I'm fine moving on from Jahan Dotson to go pick up that other option on the waiver wire. Terry McLaurin, obviously, you're still starting him because of the name, because of what he can do, because of the talent level. But he's you good. Have to down- yeah. He's good. You have to downgrade him, though, from what we had the expectations for him going into the year, especially as we see Sam Howell spreading the ball out as much as he did here on Thursday Night Football. All right, we are going to get into matchup breakdowns here. We're going to get into game by game, talking about every single player from every single game. If we do not go as in-depth into a player as you would hope, the information can all be found over in Kyle Soppy's Week 5 Cheat Sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. This is where all the information that we are going to talk about here lives. Soppy spends all week breaking down the information in here, breaking down uh, all week and some, breaking down the information here that you need to dominate your matchup. So go check that out, pfnfantasy.com, the Week 5 Cheat Sheet. Additionally, we are recording this Friday morning. We do not have all the information, the injury information here available to us. So what we do is we go over to news.pfnfantasy.com. The PFN News Tracker here is an incredible resource for you to stay on top of all the latest breaking news and information that you need to know. Injury reports, everything like that. Everything is caught from this PFN News Tracker. So make sure to go. The link for that can be found in your podcast or YouTube show description. News.pfnfantasy.com. An incredible resource there for you. All right, updating people on the ATS records here. I thought that I was going to be like two wins last week. Like I thought for sure that it was going to be a terrible performance. You and I both went eight and six on the week last week. On the year, we are now 31 and 25 for me, 26 and 30 for you. Still five games back. Let's get into it here. Let's go Jaguars, Bills here, London. Let's talk about Trevor Lawrence here. What are our expectations for Lawrence here after, I mean, this it has not been a fantastic start to the year. What are we expecting here in this performance? That's putting it mildly. I mean, he is, I'm the driver of the Trevor Lawrence bandwagon here, and we're trying to make a last stop here. Like, the light is getting yellow. I'm slowing down, pumping the brakes a little bit. I'm not stopping. It's not a red light yet. But, man, is this tough to, tough to swallow right now. He hasn't had 18 points. 
fantasy points in a game this season. I think he can do it this week. No Tredavious White for the Bills makes a big difference. Them being comfortable in London with Buffalo coming over. Obviously, it's hard to quantify, but you can't deny that that is at least a factor in all of this. He's cleared 20 rushing yards three times in four weeks. So to me, that is kind of a cheat code, and avenue for him to get to the upside that I was hoping he would get to. Now he's just got to get the passing underway, which I think he can do. Again, no Tredavious White should open up Calvin Ridley, and if it doesn't open up Ridley, that means they're putting a lot of resources that direction. You've got Christian Kirk. Hopefully Zay, Zay Flowers, Zay Jones is back. Evan Ingram in the option, and Travis Etienne. So everything I liked in the preseason about Lawrence is still true. I'm just hoping he shows it. Like, he's got to show it. Bail me out one time, Trevor Lawrence. One time. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence at QB 10 on the week here for me, sandwiched in between Jared Goff and CJ Stroud. Those are the options here that I'm looking at in that range of rankings. Josh Allen is quarterback two on the week for me. We're not really needing to break down a ton there. Let's go to the running backs here in this game. Travis Etienne. What have we seen here from Etienne over the past couple weeks? And does that give us confidence plugging him into our lineups as a top 10 option here in week five? Yeah, I mean, you could argue top five. I've got him at running back five on the nose. His workload's double what it was this time last year. He's getting involved in the passing game, which is all we wanted last season. And he's getting worked in on the running game. We're talking 69 carries over four weeks. I mean, that's elite volume in an offense that we expect to trend upward. Like, he's getting all this work, and this offense hasn't been any good. Imagine what this work translates to when this offense starts putting up 25, 30 points a week, like I think they're capable of, maybe it starts this week. Hopefully it starts this week, but the bills defense over six yards per carry on the ground and ETN doesn't have any competition. So I think he's in for a massive week. I think you got to lock him in across the board this weekend, moving forward. We talked about James Cook here on the podcast recently this week, talking about the goal line opportunities that he saw this past week, which was incredibly encouraging. James Cook at RB13 on the week for me. Both of the guys here in this uh, in this game at the running back position, top 15 options outside of Travis Etienne and James Cook. You're not looking at anyone at the running back position here. Let's go to the wide receivers. Calvin Ridley, man. Calvin Ridley, what do we do here with Calvin Ridley you mentioned it, no Trey White here in this game on the opposite side of things. Are we expecting a bounce-back performance here from Calvin Ridley? Where does he land in the rankings for you? It's funny, a bounce-back, but he still scored and got it done last week. I get that it wasn't pretty, and A.J. Terrell was all over him for 75% of his routes, but he got 30 yards and a touchdown. Like it, it wasn't pretty. It paid off. He was averaging almost nine targets a game going into that, so I'm going to trust that process and thinking that he, he won't get shadowed. Buffalo doesn't have the dudes to shadow him this week. So if we're seeing eight to ten targets, to me – a process play. I don't see how you get him outside of your top 20 if that's 8 to 10 targets from Trevor Lawrence in a spot that we think they can score, which I do. Maybe I'm holding on to Priors too long. I've got him at wide receiver 12. He's all over my same game parlay. Check out the betting website for that for the London game as you guys get started on your Sunday morning. But yeah, I've got him. I still think he's the top guy in this offense, even though Christian Kirk's producing like it. The both players should be in lineups. I have Ridley as a top 15 guy. All right, let's talk about Christian Kirk there. He's at currently at wide receiver 22 on the week for me. You mentioned Zay Jones. Kirk has been fantastic the past couple weeks here, has gotten it done, but Zay Jones has not been in the lineup. If Zay Jones returns, do we have any concern over starting Christian Kirk as a top 24 wide receiver? I don't think so. I mean, he, he definitely falls a little bit, but in week two, after the dud in week one, we saw Christian Kirk involved early and often before Zay Jones even got hurt. So I don't think that's too much of a concern. I would downgrade him a little bit just because there's only so many targets to go around and Zay Jones is going to earn his five to seven or whatever it is if he's fully healthy, which I don't expect we have a hundred percent clarity on going into this game. I think you could start all three of them if you need to. It's just a tough 
week four receivers in terms of bye weeks. But yeah, yeah. it goes Ridley and Kirk as lineup locks for me. Zay Jones third right now, but in that flex conversation if need be. I was just about to mention that fact here that we do have several key wide receivers that are on by here this week. Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, like the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the list goes on and on and on. So if we do have these guys that are considered rock solid starts, we're most likely looking at getting them into our lineup. The conversation, I'm going to try to talk more about these fringe players as we move throughout the rest of these games where do you have to make a decision on Zay Jones? Is Zay Jones someone that you should look into getting into your starting lineup? As we're talking about, you talked on the Start Sit podcast about Rasheed Rice. We'll talk about Rasheed mm -hmm. Rice here later today, later this podcast. Like Rasheed Rice is a solid start here this week because just how many players at the wide receiver position, key players, are out on by so we're gonna fly through this one where as we look at stefan Diggs, Diggs is in your starting lineup gabe davis though has gotten it done from a fantasy perspective with touchdowns but has not really seen the volume that we anticipated or hope to see what are we doing with gabe davis here this week he's walking a thin, thin line thin thin line uh, josh allen the a dots coming back a little bit he's running less he's checking down more that's all bad news for gabe davis long term i think you've still got maybe a week or two of usage where he can be an asset but this trade window for getting rid of Gabe Davis is open now. And if he has one more good week, I think it could still be open. He's looking for a touchdown in a fourth straight game, which would set a new career high. He hasn't seen more than five or four targets in three or four games. Like that's a concern for sustainability. But again, against the Jags defense that we think is going to get going up and down in this game. I have him as wide receiver four in this game, but still a top 30 guy for me in most lineups as he's been producing of late. Uh, Gabe Davis at wide receiver 24 on the week here for me. Uh, as we look at the tight end position, Evan Ingram is in your starting lineup. The, I do want to talk about Dalton Kincaid, though. Dalton Kincaid, is he someone that you can look at as a top 12 option? He is. I mean, he ran um, over 77% of his snaps last week were routes. To me, he's distancing himself from Dawson Knox. That doesn't mean Knox is going to be off the field because they don't have three receiver sets. They're going to go with two tight ends more often than not. But who's running the routes? Who's getting the looks? And right now, Kincaid trending straight up in that direction at a position that we don't feel good about, an offense that we do like. And if Gabe Davis is regressing, this team is going to need a secondary option. Like I said, Josh Allen's ADOT is dipping this year more and more. That favors Kincaid in those shorter routes. He's being used kind of like a running back as far as his ADOT and depth of target and all that good stuff goes. So I think Kincaid gets you a solid four to six catches more often than not. That's going to pay off as a top 12 tight end, regardless of what he does with them. Dalton Kincaid at tight end, 11 on the week here for me. All right, Bills minus five and a half. Let's make a pick here. Where are you going in this game? I'm going down with the ship, man. Jags plus <laughs> five and a half. Let's go. I will go the Bills side of things here. This Jags offense has not clicked here Broken. recently. It could certainly change here in this one. However, the Bills offense is rolling here. I will stick on that. I will go with the Bills here. Minus five and a half. Let's move into Houston Texans at the Atlanta Falcons. CJ Stroud, man. CJ Stroud is getting it done. Has finished as a top 15 quarterback for fantasy the past three weeks. What are expectations here for CJ Stroud in this one? Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Fields. Coming into this week, those guys had as many 20-point games combined as CJ Stroud this season. What he's doing is amazing and i don't think it's that fluky because this is clearly how they want to develop the kid which i i admire like how else are you get we're seeing the panthers with bryce young it's like oh yeah we're gonna develop him by handing the ball off like that what, the, what what is he learning how to do at the nfl level you could hand the ball off and pop warner it looks the same as it does in the nfl cj stroud is being asked to throw the ball a ton is that going to come with down weeks eventually of course it is he doesn't have 
Devontae Adams or somebody like that. But Nico Collins looks good. Tank Dell offers upside. And this running game is broke. You want to talk about the Jags offense being in tough uh, and shambles. That's this Houston running game. So they really don't have any other options. We chase volume at really across the board. CJ Stroud, a fine option for me. You've got guys like Stroud, Goff, Love. They're all viable options this week. We're a month into the season and we're growing freaking crazy at the quarterback position yep like i said earlier cj stroud one spot behind trevor lawrence which again is not a sentence that i expected to say just five weeks ago as we look at obviously the other side of that desmond ritter nowhere near your starting lineup let's go to the running back position here for houston damien pierce pierce has had some let's call it ups and downs so far this year the offensive line has certainly been in shambles here for houston that has not done him any favors damien pierce in a week where we do have teams on by is he someone that fantasy managers can look at here I mean, you're doing him a favor by saying some ups and downs. I guess he found the end zone, so he's done an end. Uh, That's touchdown exactly down. what I was thinking about when I said the ups and downs. <laughs> I think he had a touchdown called back too, so that might be one of his three highlights of this season. He has more yards after contact than he does before this season. That's obviously a concern. I don't care how good you think Damian Pierce is. You're getting hit the second you get the ball. That's a problem for, for really anything, and they don't have any interest in running the ball anymore because they know they can't do it. So he's outside of my must-start range for sure. He's in the Ramondre Stevenson category for me like he's he's fine he's gonna get his 12 to 15 dutches and he's what we kind of thought James Conner was gonna be coming into this year it's like oh yeah he's good for 60 or 70 yards and I hope he scores I just don't have confidence that he's gonna score he's being phased out in the past game a little bit Devin Singletary ran a route more than Pierce did last week this is trending down I don't see it rebounding in a big way but I mean Atlanta doesn't scare me on the ground so maybe but eh. Yeah, I think the the potential for Damian Pierce, he's at RB24 in my ranking. So the potential for Damian Pierce is that Houston goes up the same way that they did on Pittsburgh last week up mm-hmm. against Atlanta. We know that Atlanta cannot throw the ball and play from behind. So this could be a situation where Houston just racks up and, you know, they need to lean on the ground game. That's how Damian Pierce got 24 carries last week. Like, that's the game plan. Yeah. However, like, that... I'm not willing to completely bet on that as a top 20 <laughs> running back in my Houston going up on a big lead uh, or big with a big lead. I'm not willing to bet on that. Damian Pierce at RB 24 on the week here for me. Bijan Robinson, RB2. You're starting him. No questions asked. Let's move into the wide receivers here for Houston. I'm just going to lo- uh, lump all these guys together. Like Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods are all these guys players that you can look at here this week. Nico, I think, is almost matchup proof at this time, given the structure of how this offense flows and him being the alpha target earner. Like, I don't get how you could get him outside your top 25 in any matchup. And again, is he going to get the shadow duty from Terrell that we saw on Ridley last week? I I don't know. Do they, are opponents fearing Nico Collins to a shadow level? We'll see. I don't know. I don't think that that's going to be the case not 75 percent of the time like what they did with ridley maybe it's 60 65 percent and that drops him down in the ranks a little bit but to me he's still a starter tank dell i think he is kind of what he is we had fun with him this preseason it's like oh he had a big game against the patriots like kyle write him up is he a top 30 guy and he was being drafted as like wide receiver 79 it's like no but he offers some upside on a week-to-week basis he's going to be that boomer bust guy it's i think he's got a pair of top 20s and a pair of well outside of the top 50 like that is what he is. So if that's if that's of interest to you, like if you have Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett on your roster and you're like, oh man, we're dealing with bye weeks, I'm a 17-point underdog, go ahead, throw him in there. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, you lose anyway. But to me, he's not a guy you can trust on a consistent basis. If you want to swing for the fences, fine. Bobby Trees is the opposite. I think he's going to get his seven targets and right. you know make 
eight points out of it. Like to me, that's not worth it. You can find guys like that on the waiver wire each and every week. So pass on him. I'm rostering Tank Dell. I'm not starting him. Nico Collins, starter every week. For context here, Nico Collins at wide receiver 19 on the week for me. And whenever we talk about rankings, whenever I talk about rankings, these are half PPR rankings. Uh, uh, Nico Collins at wide receiver 19, Tank Dell at wide receiver 30, Robert Woods at RB, oh, RB, wide receiver 47. So definitely someone that would get a bump up, Robert Woods would in full PPR formats. However, still outside of the top 40 wide receivers on the week. Uh, let's go to, again, it is our favorite time of the week where we talk about whether or not we can start Drake London in our fantasy matchups. What are we doing with London here this week? You can't, man. I mean, he scored in London last week, and that's like, oh, fun. He had a highlight. He did something. He showed up on my fantasy box score as having produced points. Round of applause for you, Drake London. You'll love to see it. But he was held under 50 yards for the 13th time in 21 career games. If you're chasing a touchdown on an offense that doesn't score and doesn't want to throw the ball into the end zone, I don't know how you could possibly feel good about starting Drake London. He's a step above Robert Woods for me. There you go. We'll we'll paint right. this... We'll paint this picture a little optimistically there. I like being positive, but no, there's no way you can start him right now. He's got to show me multiple weeks in a row where he's earning eight to 10 targets and going over 60, 75 receiving yards. I just don't think we're going to see that. Not in succession, not with any kind of consistent basis. He's still a roster hold, I guess, but nothing more than that. Would you go Drake London here this week or Rasheed Rice up against the Minnesota Vikings? I've got Rice three spots higher. Like, I'm going to target the upside. What is the upside for Drake London? Yep. Everybody, whenever I ask that question, like, oh, yeah, he's talented. He's talented. And that's like saying I'm tall compared to third graders. Like, does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't get you anywhere unless you're playing against third graders. Him being talented doesn't matter that it doesn't get him anything because this offense isn't going that direction. To me, Rasheed Rice at least has the optimism of getting five targets from Patrick Mahomes in a high-scoring game. Dalton Schultz at the tight end position got it done last week for fantasy, but only three targets, not someone that I am willing to bet on here. Moving forward, let's talk about the tight ends here for Atlanta. Kyle Pitts and Jonu Smith. We can talk about both of them here. Listen, this is on brand for me, but I'm picking up Jonu Smith and I'm playing him in several different leagues here this week because I at least have this glimmer of hope that he can be a consistent starter in fantasy lineups moving forward. But is this, are both of these guys now consistently like they're outside the top 12 they're dart throws we don't know what to expect yeah i mean i think if you've got two tight ends you have none in uh today's world as far as fantasy goes if you want to pick up johnny smith and kind of band-aid and patchwork things together i have no problem with that right now i've got him and pitts back to back in the rankings because i don't completely honest i have no idea what they're doing we think kyle pitts is a great talent and they couldn't sustain him so it's like johnny smith is he better than kyle pitts my answer is probably not I mean, he, he's productive. He's a veteran that knows what he's doing. And maybe that's what Arthur Smith is looking for. Right. If you want to piece it together week by week, sure. I'm not expecting any sustained value out of either one moving forward. Kyle Pitts at tight end 15 on the week for me. Johnny Smith at tight end 18. All right, let's go into making a pick here. Falcons minus one and a half. I'm surprised at this spread. Where are you going here? Yeah, Desmond Ritter giving points is uh, not something I'm okay to to go to the window with i work too hard for my money to do it that way so we're gonna go the other side yeah i will go with the texans here as well all right let's keep moving here we'll go to the carolina panthers at the detroit lions here quarterbacks bryce young you are not starting jared goff we are looking at here we talked about him on the start sit podcast playing at home jared goff easily in the top 10 of quarterback rankings here this week let's move to the running backs here miles sanders definitely disappointed here this previous week with a down performance we don't know if that was Injury related, we don't know what to expect here from Miles Sanders moving forward. Where does he land in the rankings for you? 
I think part of it was definitely injury related, but the fact that they were willing to play him and still manage him was kind of scary. Like if it's injury related, just pull him out and have Hubbard handle what he's going to do. So the fine line of walking, like walking down that is concerning to me because I, I think we could see that again. I mean, Hubbard outsnapped him 38, 32 last week and out carried him. Neither was overly productive, but they held the ball forever. I don't know if you're going to get to see that on any sort of consistent basis. And if Detroit scores like we can over 30 points a game when they play at home that's scary for the game flow here they could get scripted out of this very much like what we saw Washington's running backs get scripted out last night Sanders not a safe play for me at all outside my top 24 and he was highlighted in our tough running back matchups article for week five yeah if you look at Miles Sanders here RB 27 on the week here for me these the way that I view uncertain situations and these players that are we don't know what to expect whether that's injury related or whatever the case may be if you have another player that is within that same tier within that same range of rankings then i am fine pivoting and going with that other option so for example miles sanders i would play i'd be comfortable playing gus edwards over him i'd be comfortable playing jalen warren over miles sanders just because of the uncertainty however if you're talking about miles sanders and aj Dillon, miles sanders and dalvin cook Miles Sanders and Ezekiel Elliott, then that's the point where I'm like, I'm willing to take the risk on Miles Sanders mm-hmm. there at that Agreed. point. That's the way that I sort of view these situations. Miles Sanders at RB27 on the week here. David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, what are we doing with this backfield? Yeah, I mean, I think I got it off my chest last week when we did this, but David Montgomery, he was banged up, injured, and questionable. And all he did was run all over my Packers for 60 minutes of game time. Felt like 60 years watching that thing. David Montgomery, the unquestioned lead back in this offense. Jameer Gibbs doesn't have 10 carries in a game that David Montgomery's played. This is very clearly, like, to me, it's Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara when Kamara was a rookie where Ingram's getting all the work on the ground, except freaking Gibbs isn't Alvin Kamara because he's not getting six to eight looks in the passing game. So, to me, Gibbs isn't somebody you can possibly play right now until we see it. Don't get me wrong. Very talented player in a good offense. They play indoors. Like, I like the profile of Gibbs, but the usage just isn't there. And it after a month, I've been burned every single week by this guy. After a month of seeing it, it's to the point where you need, I need to be wrong. I'm going to be a week late now on starting Gibbs right. rather than a week early. So Montgomery's got to be locked in. I was slow to that party. You and Derek were ahead of me. So bravo to you. I think Gibbs has to be on benches right now. It remains on rosters, but benched for sure. Dave Montgomery at RB9 on the week here for me. Jameer Gibbs at RB23. And that is the balance of rankings where you're like, based on where you drafted Jameer Gibbs, you most likely do not have another better option that you can turn to and plug in unless you picked up Devon Achan off of waivers, right? Like you most likely do not have another better option. So Gibbs is still someone that I'm willing to look at here this week. I'm still willing to look at as a top 24 option. However, you do have to adjust your expectations here where we're just not getting the volume. And of course, if you've been playing Gibbs up to this point, you know that. So Jameer Gibbs at RB23 on the week here for me. Let's move to the wide receivers here in this one. Adam Thielen is Thielen after having some encouraging performances here recently, someone that you can look at. He's moving in the right direction for sure and deserves to be rostered. I'm not starting him quite yet because one of those good games was with Andy Dalton. Bryce Young still is very much a work in progress. And not that this is Atlanta, but they don't want to throw the ball a ton, which puts Thielen in a tough spot. He's had three straight games with at least seven catches. The first time he's done that in three and five years, I'm sorry, since October 2018. So it's been a minute. Bryce Young is progressing slowly. The ADOT's coming back. So we might, is he a rich man's Robert Woods where he's going to see like, he'll get his targets. He's 
There you go. He's a rich man's Robert Woods yeah. with some scoring equity because that's all he does is score touchdowns. Put it in the column a few weeks ago. His scoring rate since 2019 yeah. is like freaking Jerry Rice. Like it's it's second to none, but I don't think I want to bet on this offense if I have other options. I like a Rasheed Rice. Like I'd rather bet on that offense with upcoming talent than a veteran who's seen his better days in his past on a Panthers offense. So I'm not overly excited. If you need to plug him in, you could definitely do worse. Adam Thielen at wide receiver 29. I will, uh, on the week okay. here, for me in my rankings, I will disagree with you on Rasheed Rice over Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen at wide receiver 29 for me. Rasheed Rice at wide receiver 39. So that is still a big gap in the rankings. I will go with Adam Thielen just because I know what I'm getting with Rasheed Rice. The upside is there. However, the potential that he sees two targets is certainly in, oh, in yeah. the cards here for this week. So I will go sort of with what I know versus the potential, you know, chance of chasing that upside. Amon Ross St. Brown has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. We do obviously do not know what his practice status is here for Friday as we were recording on Friday morning with an abdomen injury. So we do not know if Amon Ross St. Brown is going to play here this week. He was asked yesterday if he expects to play. He says he expects to play. Obviously, that could change based on the you know the status here over the next couple of days. If Amon Ross St. Brown plays, you're obviously playing him. If he doesn't play, are you looking at Jamison Williams right out of the gate or Josh Reynolds? If he doesn't play, well, first of all, I hope he plays because our super draft promo is a half right. a yard for Amon Ross St. Brown. So I hope he catches all those tickets. But if he doesn't play, I think you have to downgrade Goff probably out of the starter range. And I don't, we don't have any evidence that anybody on this offense is capable of being that wide receiver one. Jamison Williams, I get the big play upside. I get that people are excited about having him back two weeks early. But we've seen what, like 70 routes of him in the yeah. NFL? He has one catch, one, one catch. target. It was a 41 yard touchdown. Like, that's great. But is that that much different than like a Tank Dell that we were just talking about? Other than we've seen Tank Dell do it for a month right. now, and Jameson Williams, we have we've seen once ever. So I don't think he would step into any kind of volume target situation. Josh Reynolds, you, whatever. Like it, if Amon, Ra I mean Sam Laporte is locked into lineups regardless. Yep, he moves up maybe two spots in my tight end ranks. He's already a top five guy, so right. maybe he goes a little higher than that if Amara sits but if he sits this whole offense to me gets a downgrade and i don't think anybody steps in for him you talked about it with jameer gibbs that you would rather be a week late than a week early on Jim, you know like with gibbs and starting him it's the same thought process here for me with jameson williams so unless i am absolutely desperate i am letting jameson williams sit on my bench here for this one whether or not i'm on ross st brown plays i want to wait and see Agreed. what this looks like we have no idea his conditioning we have no idea his snap count what he's going to see here in this game he was hurt too <laughs> right we have we have no clue what to expect here josh reynolds i'm a little bit more interested in if I'm on Ross St. Brown misses, I would probably rank him around wide receiver 36, 37 here, just because we've seen it. We have seen it here so far this season, and the target volume would be there. At the tight end position, you talked about Sam Laporta locked in the starting lineups here. Incredible what he's doing here as a rookie tight end. Hayden Hurst on the other side of the ball, not someone that you are looking at here. He has seen his target volume just absolutely plummet here over the previous few weeks. Let's make a pick here in this one. We have, let me find it on my sheet. We have... The Panthers uh, versus Lions. Lions minus 10 here for this one. This is a big spread. Where are you going in this one? It's a big spread with the team we just saw hold the ball for like 40 minutes against the Vikings. I'm going to go the Panthers and think we just kind of bleed our way there. Although the last time I said that was the Broncos against the Dolphins and they lost <laughs> by a 50 piece. So take it for what you will, but not a real money game. I will go the Panthers with the points. 
This is one where I think if Amon Ross St. Brown does not play, then I could see the Panthers covering here. However, if Amon Ross St. Brown does play, then I think that this is a pretty, pretty solid win here for the Lions. So I'm going to say that he plays. I'm going to go with the Lions here in this one. I'll go the opposite of you. All right, let's keep moving here. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts here. Anthony Richardson. Hello, my friend. You are locked into starting lineups moving forward. Ryan Tannehill, nowhere near your starting lineups. Derrick Henry, I'm just going to keep moving through here. Derrick Henry, I think, is locked into starting lineups again here moving forward. Uh, we had a little bit of concern. He was someone that I was fading going into last week, and we saw a big bounce back performance there. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts running back situation here. At the time of recording, we do yeah. not know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be active here for this game. All signs are currently pointing to him being activated off of IR and him being ready for this matchup. If Jonathan Taylor plays, are you starting him here in his first game back up against the Tennessee Titans run defense? Yeah, I mean, they're giving up under three yards per carry. They're, again, one of the elites, but so is Jonathan Taylor. And if he thinks he's if he's coming back, that means my man is motivated to get his contract or to do whatever. Like, I didn't think he was going to play a game this year for the Colts. So if that changes, things have changed, and he's motivated. We've seen this team commit to Zach Moss. We've seen this team commit to Jonathan Taylor last week or last year. So if the, if he's back, you have to assume that he's taking the lead role, if not like an alpha role. So, yeah, if yeah. he plays, I, I'm going to pencil him in for 14 to 17 touches. And to me, it's Jonathan freaking Taylor. That puts him inside my top 20. And Moss outside of it. If Moss, right. I mean, I don't see how you can play both or think that both are going to get enough usage no. to matter. So if Taylor plays, start Taylor, sit Moss. If Taylor sits, you start Moss as you always do just because of the volume, even in a tough spot. All right. So if Jonathan Taylor plays, would you go Jonathan Taylor or James Conner up against the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm, yeah, I'll go Conner there. They're just, they remain competitive and they refuse to get game scripted, which is what I was the concern with Connor. He's catching passes. He is there. We know he is locked into their role that we're hoping Taylor right. would have. Uh, all right. Last one. Would you go Jonathan Taylor or would you go Brees Hall up against the Denver Broncos? Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's Brees Hall. And I'm going to feel so dumb on Tuesday when I come back and it's like, oh yeah, like that coach speak we heard, it didn't yep. matter at all. Brees Hall had six carries for 11 yards. Like what were we getting all worked up about? But I'm going to go Brees Hall. Good matchup. Talk about him being unleashed. I'll take my chances. But again, Jonathan Taylor, you're, it's risky as it is. And we'll get to Cooper Cup later. It's no different. Right. I would go Jonathan Taylor over James Conner and Brees Hall there, I think, okay. in my rankings. But come back to me on Sunday morning. That yep. might switch and change. All right, let's go. PFN to YouTube channel. Right, exactly. Be... There's the natural plug. Uh, all right. Would you go? Would you be looking at the wide receivers here for the Tennessee Titans? I'll just frame it like that. DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, one word answer. Are you looking their way? No. Okay, I figured I knew the answer to that one. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. We saw a dip in production here this past week. We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Are you looking at Michael Pittman Jr. here this week? Yeah, but I mean, I'm discouraged by the upside here. He's got one finish better than wide receiver 29 on the season. And that's for a guy that ranks 10th in the NFL in receptions. That's not great, Bob. That's not great for the upside. Does he have the potential to score? Of course he does. We saw him take the screen pass to the house in week one. Anthony Richardson is a project, and that's going to provide value eventually. I love that he's getting the volume that keeps him locked into lineups, but I want to see a little bit more. I want to see scoring upset. I want to see him have the ability to win you a week because I think that is in his portfolio. We just haven't seen it recently. Michael Pittman Jr. at wide receiver 14 on the week. Like I get all the concerns that you have, 
and I agree with you, but when we look at the other options that I am ranking yeah, him above, it's like it's Garrett Wilson at wide receiver 18, Nico Collins, Zay Flowers, like Christian Kirk, right? I'm going Michael Pittman Jr. in the target volume over all those guys in this matchup too up against the Tennessee Titans. All right, let's make a pick here for this one. Titans minus two and a half. Where are you going here? Give me the Colts. I'll take Anthony Richardson. I will buy. I will sip that Kool-Aid, buy that stock. I will do whatever it takes with Anthony Richardson. Get me there, guy. I don't think that I've accurately predicted or, or like I've gone with the Titans or against the Titans. And every single time it's been a blowout oh, either way. Like I cannot nail down the Tennessee Titans whatsoever. So far this season, I will go the Colts here. My gut is telling me go with the Colts here and Anthony Richardson. I just can't trust. I can't trust the Tennessee Titans. Uh, let's go New York Giants at the Miami Dolphins. Good Lord. This is going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Dolphins minus 12 here in this one. Daniel Jones. <laughs> All right. Let me just ask. Let me just ask it this way. Any sure. of the New York Giants outside of Saquon Barkley, if he plays, are you looking at any New York Giants? I gave it away on the betting podcast. I'll, I will take the punches and go Darren Waller. But that's more the tight end position than it is Darren Waller because we haven't seen a darn thing. He had three catches last week. Two of them came on a drive that didn't matter after they were down by a million points. And that was just because he's a safety valve that we're trying to not get our quarterback killed. Which could be the option here. They could be down 30 at halftime. Darren Waller fumbles his way into six <laughs> catches and 40 yards. It's like, oh, cool. Seven points from a tight end. Congratulations. You are tight end 11 for the week. So that <laughs> that could work. Like, I, if he's going to get there, I still... I'm going to go... I probably ended up head-to-head -head with Derek on this. I prefer Darren Waller to Zach Ertz and a guy like that. That I just... It is what it is. I get the Ertz argument. I'm going Waller in a spot like that. So Waller's still fringy top 10 for me. If there's a giant not named Saquon that I'm playing, he is it. The way that you fumbled through that entire reasoning and explanation tells me everything I need to know about yeah. your confidence <laughs> level in starting Darren Waller. Zero. That just tells me that you plug in Darren Waller as a top 10 option in your fantasy lineups this week, and you do not watch this game. Like do, for the minutes. sake for the sake of your mental health, do not watch this game. Uh, let's go to the running back position here for New York, and then we'll talk about the Miami side of things. For New York, Saquon Barkley, if he plays, which it's looking like he's trending towards playing and returning here, he's obviously in your starting lineups. If Saquon Barkley does not play, are you looking at Matt Breida here? I'm not. I, there might be like six or seven backfields where I'd rather the backup over Matt Breida. Like what they're doing in New York is asinine and if you don't have an elite talent like Saquon Barkley to take advantage of what like his natural ability then no Matt Breida doesn't stand a chance and that's not a Matt Breida problem that's a Giants problem all right Miami side of things Tua Tagovailoa, you are starting uh Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle you are starting uh, -huh. uh Devon Achan you are starting based on the upside even though he's not getting the volume we're we're starting him as a top 15 option because of the upside Raheem Mostert is the only other player that I think we should talk about from Miami side of things in this one. Raheem Mostert, is he someone that you can look at as Devon Achan potentially is starting to take over this backfield? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Achan was the guy last week, but they were down the whole game. So we'll see what it's like with a lead. Not to say that it won't be Achan, we just don't know that it will be. So I think Mostert still holds the touch advantage. He's a little behind him in my fantasy ranks this week. We have 17 and 22 at the running back position, respectively. So they're both inside my top 25 to where you can feel comfortable starting them. If I had both for whatever reason on a roster, I wouldn't be thrilled about starting both of them. Two running backs in right. one game is a little bit shifty, but if they're up 30, then it could pay off. We saw them both score four times. So what am I talking about? Maybe it works and I look like an idiot, but 
Raheem Mostert, still a viable play. That upside is still there. That's what gets lost in this A-chan stuff. Is that Raheem Mostert's still good? I understand right. that he had seven carries for nine yards, and that looks terrible last week. But he was like the running back one. He was a top five running back through the first three weeks of the season. There is potential there. To me, that's enough to get him wider to or running back to status for me in week five. All right. You said 17 and 22. Uh, the difference there in my rankings is Devon Achan at running back 12 and Raheem Mostert at RB19. So I'm a okay. little bit more optimistic on this backfield, specifically Devon Achan. Um, at this point, I just don't think that you can sit him. Even though we do have the volume concerns, and I'm going like guys like Joe Mixon with the guaranteed volume, and I'm going David Montgomery over Devon Achan this week, the upside for him is certainly undeniable in a matchup where we could easily see the Miami Dolphins put up legitimately 50 points. And so I do think that Devon Achan belongs in starting lineups here this week. I said it, Dolphins minus 12. Where are you going in this one? I might be like one for the season on betting these spreads over a touchdown. I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Dolphins here. So get ready for a nail biter. Uh, I will go the Dolphins here as well. Nothing that I have seen from the Giants gives me confidence in going their way in this one. Uh, Let's keep it rolling here. We're going to move on to the New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. A riveting game here that we are going to spend a ton of time talking about. This is a pick This is a straight up pick here in this one with an over under of 40. And I think that that's being very generous. So Derek Carr can't start him based on what you saw here this last week we don't know the shoulder injury and the status there can't start him mac jones no don't even nope don't ask me any start sick questions with mac jones involving them you know the answer to that one let's talk about alvin Kamara. first week back here (laughs) 13 catches for 33 yards which is just objectively hilarious alvin Kamara, is he in your starting lineups here this week i think he has to be i mean he's a good enough player anyway jamal williams isn't back yet from ir to to suck away those short touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, he's got to be... Until we see... Even if we see a, a healthy car pushing the ball down the field, Kamara's still going to be a fringe top 20 guy for me at the very least. But we think that shoulder's still going to be an issue. Like, shoulder issues don't go away in short order. If he is still banged up, even at anything less than 100%, kind of clear that Kamara might be his guy on these short targets. I mean, negative dot, all that good stuff. Two and a half yards per catch is just ridiculous but 13 catches gets it done for fantasy managers in half and full ppr situations obviously not a great matchup up against new england patriots defense but alvin Kamara at running back 14 on the week here for me as we look at the other side of the ball we've talked plenty about ramondre stevenson and our concerns for him moving forward where does stevenson land in the rankings for you this week running back 30 <laughs> i didn't think we'd be there this quick and I, I don't feel great about it i mean i've got miles sanders ahead of him who i'm not even sure is getting the workload on an offense i don't trust so that kind of tells you where i'm at with stevenson i just i i said it from the beginning i was wrong the first few weeks been right lately this new england offense is awful they're terrible they're not going to put him in position and now they're giving zeke 10 to 12 to 15 touches like there's just not enough meat on this bone there's i they're projected for like 20 points this week. I don't think they get there. And if they don't get there, I don't know how Stevenson is paying this off unless it's in a Kamara way. It's like, oh yeah, he had 14 carries for 40 yards, but he did catch seven passes for 20. It's like, oh, and he kind of sort of paid off. Eh, Whatever. I'm not betting on that. You have better options on your roster than Ramondre Stevenson this week. At the wide receiver position, Chris Olave had a down, down performance. Is he still in starting lineups here this week based on Derek Carr and the whole shoulder injury and not being able to push that ball very far deep downfield? Yeah, he is. I mean, he had a chance downfield. Olave is once last week. I think we see that regress a little bit. Carr's 
he may not be 100% healthy, but he should be healthier. That should get him to stretch the field. Chris Olave is a good enough talent for me. New England hasn't been able to stop top two targets in offenses up to this point. They're either getting 75 yards or scoring. I'll say Olave is one of the two, if not both. Top 10 guy for me this week and moving forward. Chris Olave, a little bit lower in the rankings for me. Wide receiver 14. I am starting him above Debo Samuel, Calvin Ridley, Garrett Wilson, Nico Collins. But that is a close conversation there. I'm downgrading him just slightly from where he has been in previous weeks. Michael Thomas, outside of the top 36 wide receivers on the week. However, just outside of that, Rashid Shahid not getting the volume here. However, if you're looking for a bench stash here, Rashid Shahid is an interesting option. You look at that schedule for New Orleans moving forward. Definitely someone worth scooping up there. And then obviously on the New England side of things, you are not looking at any of the wide receivers there. Hunter Henry, I mean, people need an option here. Is he someone that you can look at as a top 15 play or are there, would you go Johnny Smith in that situation? I'd go Taysom Hill in this game in that situation. Like yeah. I, I'm just going to take upside at the position. I mean, Hunter Henry, we saw two good weeks to start. It's been lesser lately. Yeah, I would go Johnny Smith. Like I, I just don't want to bet on New England. Yeah. He, he was a, top two guy through two weeks and that was great he was scoring he was getting five catches but those were like five catches on six targets like it was remarkable efficiency that i don't think is sustainable you mentioned the total in this game nobody's expecting points to me give me either Taysom hill where we think he could he's averaging five carries a game if if he's getting five carries or i'm getting five targets for hunter henry i'll take my chances on the five carries from Taysom hill understanding that he could have a few snaps under center with Derek carr banged up and maybe he sees two targets and makes the most of that as far as Johnny Smith, like, is it wrong? I might have more confidence in Atlanta scoring more points in New England this week. Like, it's crazy. Oh, great. Uh, all right, Saints versus the Patriots in a pick em, Where are you going here? Saints. Saints with a healthier car win this game. Oh, I, I wanted to go to the Saints, but I also don't want to pick with you. Uh, all right, I'll go Saints here as well. Um, hey, you're the guy with the plus 500 record. I should be following you. <laughs> I will go Saints here. I cannot go with the Patriots in any situation. Let's go Ravens at the Steelers here in this one. Lamar Jackson into starting lineups here as a top 10 option with some teams on by. Kenny Pickett will question mark will be playing here in this one. Did return to a full practice here yesterday. So it, all signs are pointing to him playing uh, with that knee injury that he suffered. However, not going to be at 100% mobility. So that could play a role in the you know, how we view these players at the wide receiver position here in just a little bit, but obviously Kenny Pickett, you're not starting him in this one. Gus Edwards, we talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Is Gus Edwards someone that you are looking at here in this matchup? Yeah, I think you can fire him up. He's getting the, he's he's got the role in Baltimore. That's enough. He's my favorite running back in this game. I'll tell you that much. I mean, at least he's getting the touches with a clear carved out role. He had 15 carries. No other Raven had more than three or Raven running back. You've got Lamar. But Lamar's had multiple rushing touchdowns in consecutive weeks. Do you think that continues? That's kind of hard. I don't think there's many quarterbacks pacing for 34 rushing touchdowns in a season. So I think some of that rubber band's back. Gus Edwards gets some of those valuable touches. We think Baltimore's going to be able to move the ball. So Gus Edwards, to me, looks like a 70 total yards guy with a decent chance at a score. To me, that's a top 20 guy pretty easily. I have him at RB29, so I'm a little bit lower okay. in the rankings. But, however, you said you, he's the favorite running back in this game. Najee Harris at RB28, Gus Edwards at oh. RB29, Jalen Warren at RB32. So, just <laughs> all right in that same range of you can start him if you need him, but yeah. I would I think there are better options that you can turn to here. Uh, we'll see how the rankings shake out as we move forward. But, obviously, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, I just talked about them in that range of rankings. Do you disagree there? Are these players – are there are they players, excuse me, that – you have a little bit more confidence in, or again, if you need an option, you can look their way. 
Yeah, no, I got him in the same tier you do. It kind of depends on the format of your league. If it's non-PPR, Najee Harris to me gets a slight bump, and he's better than Warren. If it's full PPR, you're talking Warren, who has 10 more catches than Harris has targets this season. So something like that makes sense deep down the board in a flex spot if you're missing two starters because of bye week. But outside of that, I can't imagine starting either with confidence. The Steelers secondary is allowing a ton of fantasy points per game here so far to the wide receiver position. So Zay Flowers with Odo Beckham Jr. with Rashad Bateman banged up. Zay Flowers is at wide receiver 20 on the week here for me. A very, very solid play. You talked about him on the Start Sit podcast as well. George Pickens. Do we have any concern for Pickens here this week? Again, we're in a tough bye week, so it's hard to see sitting Pickens, but Kenny Pickett banged up here in this one. We don't know what the efficiency is going to look like, the target volume, the state of this offense. Where does George Pickens land in the rankings for you? Yeah, I've got a wide receiver 28. Like, it's scary. We don't know. This offense was built around trying to stretch the field. We saw it down the stretch of last season. We saw it this preseason. It's clearly something Pittsburgh wants to do with Pickett and potentially with Trubisky, who knows. But it's something that they want to do. So if he's banged up and can't make that happen, that's... That's a problem because that's where Pickens thrives. And listen, the Ravens have been good about shutting down top options. Nico Collins wasn't doing much. Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper all have been limited on a per-target basis against these Steelers. That's or against the Ravens, a spot that these Steelers face this week that could be a problem. So Pickens, outside of my comfort zone, again, like you said, if you need him, play him. To me, he's in the Tank Dell conversation. He's risk-reward. He's Gabe Davis with slightly more targets. All right, as we look at the tight end position here, Mark Andrews is into starting lineups every single week. Pat Frymuth obviously out for a couple of weeks here. And this one, you're not looking at Darnell Washington or any of the other options here in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Let's make a pick here for this one. Ravens minus four and a half. Where are you going here? That scares me because these games are always close and they're always like 16-13 or 18-16 or something stupid like that. I'll lay the points here because the I, I get a guy that I think could win the MVP versus we don't think the starter's playing, or we're not sure that the starter's playing at full strength. I will go Ravens here as well. I cannot trust Kenny Pickett with limited mobility here in this one. And the state of the Steelers' offense, we have not seen here much from them here recently, so I will go with the Ravens in this one. Let's go Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams here. Jalen Hurts is in the starting lineups. Matthew Stafford, is he someone in a plus matchup up against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary? Is he someone that fantasy managers can look at as a streaming option with guys like Justin Herbert out on by? No, I mean, I get the idea. The hope is that, like, Cooper Cup comes back, and it's now you've got Cup, Nakua, Tutu Atwell. Like, Tyler Higby's a thing. Kyron Williams isn't that efficient, so they have to move the ball through the air. I understand the general premise. I don't think Cup's going to be 100% quite yet. So Stafford, still outside my top 15. He doesn't offer any rushing upside. So if the passing isn't pristine and isn't clicking like you would hope, then he's going to have a hard time getting there. He doesn't get the C.J. Stroud level of volume. So it's... He's down a little bit. I prefer guys like Brock Purdy that just offer a higher floor. Matthew Stafford at quarterback 17 on the week for me. Brock Purdy at QB 16. And then Joe Burrow at quarterback 15. Uh, as we look at the running backs here, DeAndre Swift has done so much here to inspire confidence in getting him into starting lineups here in this one. Let's talk about Kyron Williams, though. Coming into this one a little bit banged up with a hip injury. Don't exactly know what all that involves, but sounds like he's going to be uh, able to suit up for this here, this one here, but Kyron Williams up against a very, very stout Philadelphia Eagles run defense and a, ma a matchup that is not allowing a ton of fantasy points to opposing running backs. What are we expecting here for Kyron Williams in this one? 
You're chasing a touchdown. I mean, realistically, you're going to get the carries. You're going to get the volume. But he hasn't been efficient as it is. And he's going against a tough Eagles defense. So I understand the concerns. He's outside my top 12 this week. He's been inside there pretty routinely over the last couple of weeks because of that volume, because of the role. I mean, he has multiple touchdowns in three out of four games. So he's been paying it off. And he could get there again. They're pretty clearly comfortable with him in close. And I think he could cash that in should he get the opportunity here. But that's the question. Will he get this opportunity? That's why he's lower in my ranks, but he's still a starter because until proven otherwise, like unless I get a report from Schefter, Graziano, or one of those guys on Sunday morning saying, hey, Kyron Williams is less than 100%. He's going to split the work. It's right. all his right now. He's going to, his floor is like 16 touches. That's better than a lot at the running back position. Yeah, Kyron Williams still, even with the, Question marks right now at RB11 on the week for me. At the wide receiver position here for the Philadelphia Eagles, you got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, both as top 12 options in my wide receiver rankings. You're not considering sitting either one of them. Let's talk about the Rams side of things here, though. If Cooper Cup does return here in this one, we don't know if he's going to be 100%, but based on where you drafted Cooper Cup, I feel like you have to start him here in this one, right? I would agree. It's kind of similar how we were talking about Jonathan Taylor. Like, he's not going to come back and be a third wheel. He's not going to come back and be Zay Jones. Like, I right. can't imagine that being the case for Cooper Cup. We saw all the practice film and him doing the ladder drills in hyperspeed. It, it reminded me of Calvin Ridley in August. It's like, oh, yeah, he just plays at a different pace. We forget that this guy's arguably the best in the game. Matthew Stafford looks healthy. He looks better than he did at points last season. So, yeah, I've got him at wide receiver 15 right now. Kind of, I'm hedging my bet a little bit. You never know how he's going to play or how that's all going to go. That'll probably shift come Sunday. But right now I have him at 15 and Nakua at 20. I That video is fantastic. Even it like is. the speed of Cooper Cup going through that ladder drill. And then to see Puka Nakua go through it. Nakua looks receiver. like he's running through molasses. and like, But he's still moving quickly. And then I wish that you could put like me or you next yeah. after <laughs> Nakua. And just be like us falling on our faces and like absolutely going through it at... You know, the slow motion speed compared to either one of them. Man, Cooper okay. Cup is just different, man. Um, yeah, so I the same range of rankings for me. Nukua is still in my starting lineup, even with Cooper Cup coming back. Like, I'm still confidently starting Puka Nakua here at this one. You're downgrading him. He's not a top 12 option anymore. However, top 24 into that range, low end wide receiver two. I'm still starting him here, especially this week where we don't know. We don't know what to expect from Cooper Cup. I think that there still could be a pretty even split here in the targets if Cup is not at truly 100%. Uh, as we look a little bit further down the board, Tutu Atwell, I think, is outside of the going to be outside of the top 36 wide receivers if Cooper Cup does return here. However, if it's just Nakua, then I do think Tutu Atwell is a solid play here in a little bit of a bye week situation. And then Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby at the tight end position. Both these guys, top 12 options, top 15, are we starting both of them? Yeah, they're both top 12 for me. I mean, Tyler Higby, as underwhelming as the season has been, I said it the other day, he's been a top 12 guy three times. Like, he's having a bad season, but he's getting there because the tight end position is so brutal. And that's the same case for Goddard. Like, he's still involved in an offense that we trust. And realistically, that's all you need because you don't need to do much. If he sees seven targets from a process standpoint, that puts him in my top 12. And that's – it is what it is. The tight end position sucks. Like, if you if you don't have one of the elite – then you're you're swimming upstream. Our matchup previous podcast every single week is essentially us talking through a couple of these like tough running back wide it. receivers that we got to <laughs> choose from, and then us consistently saying the tight end position sucks. So at least we're staying on brand. Uh, Eagles minus four in this one. Where are you going here? Give me the birds. I think Stafford probably makes. You're asking for 60 minutes of mistake free football from him. I think that's a tall order. I'd say he throws a pick late, seals this. Eagles by 10.
I'm going to go Rams on this side of things. I do think Cooper Cup coming back changes this a little bit. I will go with the Rams here to cover. Uh, Let's go Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals here in this one. Joe Burrow. Is this the moment that Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense gets back on track? I can tell you it is, but what I I don't have... I'm a man of data, Kyle. I think you know that by now. We've known each other for like three months. I'm a man of data and information and having tangible evidence to make decisions, which I think works out pretty well more often than not. So I could tell you that, but I'd be lying. There's nothing on the paper that says anything positive about Joe Burrow at this moment. The calf injury is obviously a concern. The injury to T. Higgins is obviously a concern. Arizona playing way above their heads is obviously a concern. His next top 20 finish this season will be his first. Maybe he gets inside that this week, but I don't know if you if you can realistically put him as a top 12 guy in good faith other than saying, I feel it. I feel it in my gut that he's going to make a decision or make a good performance this week to justify your decision. I don't do gut decisions on anything, let alone my fantasy roster. I make gut decisions all the time. It works out terribly for me. Uh, Joe Burrow at quarterback 15 on the week for me. I do think that you can look his way, but it goes back to what we were talking about with Jameer Gibbs, with Jamison Williams, that same thought process of, at this point, I would rather be a week late in starting Joe Burrow. I'd rather sit him on my bench and go with someone like Jordan Love, like CJ Stroud, if they're available on waivers. The question that I think fantasy managers are going to have to choose between is, would you go Joe Burrow or would you go Daniel Jones up against the Miami Dolphins? I have Joe Burrow two spots higher. I feel decent about that just because I think there's still upside there because that's more a bet on Jamar Chase than Darren Waller. I guess that's That's where that comes down to. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, All right. Let's look at the running back side of things here in this one. Joe Mixon up up against the Arizona Cardinals defense. I think as they try to just get back on track, I think they're going to feed Joe Mixon in this one. I think a big performance is in line here for him. He is in my starting lineups. James Conner, we talked about him earlier in that RB15 range, someone that you can look at. But again, it's the same conversation and argument for James Conner every single week. It's volume. Maybe he finds the end zone, and that's essentially what you're getting. You're not really getting a ton of upside there with James Conner week in and week out, but you know what you are getting. Jamar Chase into starting lineups here. He's seen the volume, even though it has not equated to the typical Jamar Chase performances here that we have really been hoping for, but it's Jamar Chase. You're starting him based on where you drafted him as well. T. Higgins, most likely not going to suit up here in this one. Let's phrase it this way. If T. Higgins does make it back, with his rib injury, I do believe that it is a rib fracture here for T. Higgins. So yeah. if he does make it back, are you playing T. Higgins? I mean, have you ever broken a rib, Kyle? I have not, and I don't intend to. Yeah, no, I have. It is painful as hell. Like, I don't know how these guys do it. And obviously, your average uh, starting receiver in the NFL might be a little built a little bit different <laughs> than your scrawny researcher over here. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's tough to play through. I don't know if he plays, like you said, we're not really banking on it. If he does play, then you can flex him, but it, it's a roll of the dice on this entire offense as it is anybody outside of Jamar Chase who says he's always open, so I'm going to trust him there. He would start him. I'll start him. But yeah, no, T. Higgins, to me, I'm I'm making other options right now, and if reporting comes out that he's 100% healthy by some grace of God, then you can plug him in, but I'm making other plans going into Sunday. Uh, you know what I'm going to do right here, Sampi? What's that? 
natural plug, youtube.com slash at PFN Fantasy, Sunday morning live streams. Come back for the latest injury information there on T. Higgins. Soppy going live at noon. Derek Tate live at 11 a.m. here. Make sure to jump in there and get the latest injury information and get your start sit questions answered on Sunday morning. Uh, if T. Higgins sits, Tyler Boyd, you talked about him on the start sit podcast, fading him here a little bit. Not someone that you are looking at as a top 36 option. Again, I think that we need to see this offense really bounce back first before we confidently look Tyler Boyd's mm-hmm. way. Uh, Marquise Brown, Michael Wilson for the Arizona Cardinals. What are we doing here with these wide receivers in week five? Yeah, over 14 points and three straight for Hollywood. And I think he's deserved to be on that flex wide receiver three, depending how your lineup structure works out there. He's a fringe top 30 guy for me. He's fine. I don't know how much equity I want to put in Josh Dobbs and betting on this offense as a whole, but right now they're playing fine. Cincinnati can't stop anybody. So, I mean, that's, that's the pro the premise there. He's yet to really catch any of these big plays and I'm not sure that's going to be in his profile. So you're looking at these, he's almost turned into a volume guy. And I don't know if that's going to sustain in an offense that I don't trust long-term, but again, they're playing well right now. We're, we're playing for week five. You're not asking me week right. 11 starts to question. So I think he's on the radar as a flex option. Marquise Brown, wide receiver 26, wide receiver 19, wide receiver 18, each of the past three weeks here for fantasy. Based on the bye week and the situation where a lot of these key wide receivers are on bye, Marquise Brown at wide receiver 23 on the week here for me, Michael Wilson at wide receiver 41. So I there, Michael Wilson, you can look at as a flex option in deeper formats. Marquise Brown, though, I think, I think you have to look his way based on what he has done here in previous weeks. And again, I mean, on a normal week where we do have all these players available, Marquise Brown is at wide receiver 31, 32, 33 on the week here for me. But because we do have so many key players out, he's up the rankings to wide receiver 23. At the tight end position here, Zach Ertz, we've talked about him. I, I talked about that dynamic of where we start to look his way after week two. We're like, okay, I think that we can finally start to play Zach Ertz here in our fantasy lineups. And then he absolutely gives a dud performance, two receptions for six yards. We're they're like, okay, well, you know, fooled me there. We drop him, and then he has a bounce-back performance again this past week. Zach Ertz, top 12 tight end? No. Still not for me. It's going to be a hard time to get me there. I understand <laughs> what Derek's saying, and the volume is there. But like you said, we're it's just you're not far away from the bottom falling out. And for two targets for 14 yards or whatever it was in week three, like it's it can get ugly fast and in a hurry. And to me, that scares me more than the upside of him catching seven of nine targets. Like I'd rather take upside elsewhere. I think you can do better. I, I understand the idea. And if it's full PPR, it's like, okay, maybe he slides into my top 14 and I can piece it together and slide. But to me, the lack of upside is a concern at a position where if you score, you're single-handedly a top 10 guy. I just don't right. think he's going to score. I was just about to say, like, I mean, once we get past the top tight end, 10 tight ends, then it's really like they're all in one giant massive tier. But then I was looking at my tight end rankings. I was like, really, it's once you get past tight end so four, like six, <laughs> tight yeah. end four, like Sam Laporta is really the last tight end that I'm like, yeah, I yeah. feel confident starting this guy. Then we get into George Kittle, Levin Ingram, Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think you can start these guys, but. The state of the tight end position. Hey, we're staying on brand. The tight end position sucks. Uh, Bengals minus three here in this one is the spread. Where are you going? All right. I have to go. I'm giving Trevor Lawrence one more week. I will give Joe Burrow one more week, Joe Burrow. You have it. My pick for this week, minus three. Just beat the Cardinals. Beat them by a touchdown late. Get Jamar Chase the rock. Show me something. Cover. Make Bengals supporters happy. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do I, it. Yeah, I was close. I'm going to go close. Cardinals here. I right. Yeah, I'm going to go Cardinals to cover. 
Oh, man. Uh, all right, let's keep moving here. Jets at the Denver Game of the Bron- week. <laughs> Jets at the Denver Broncos here in this one. Russell Wilson not on the streaming radar in this matchup. Zach Wilson. No, don't do it. Uh, running backs here. Brees Hall. Let's talk about him. We talked about him a little bit earlier, but the matchup, man. The matchup, the coach speak of no longer on a snap count here for Brees Hall. I He's at RB20 on the week for me, and there's the absolute potential that he finishes as RB5 on the week based on this matchup and the fact that he sees 10-plus rush attempts and he can take one of them to the house. But there's also the potential that we continue to see this Jets offense like just absolutely crater again, and Brees Hall does nothing. So what are you doing with Brees Hall this week? I've got him ranked in the same range. He's a running back two for me, and I would fight you on the one point that you said they could crater again. If you crater against the Broncos, then you might be a division two offense. Like that might be a problem. They've, at one point last week, they'd given up 17 touchdowns in 24 drives. Like that is just crazy. I understand these aren't the Dolphins, but yeah, you're banking on talent and coach speak. Like that is a thing here. 60% of Brees Hall's yards, rushing yards this season have come on two carries, two long carries an 80 plus and a 40 plus. Oh. He has that in his bag. Could we see that this week? Maybe, maybe not. Could we finally see the volume that we think he's capable of? If he hits one of those two, that's fine. He's a running back two for me. I think you can start him, especially given that Delvin Cook, to me, this is like Green Bay. Like they're bringing in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon has given them no reason to continue to keep him involved. Delvin Cook has given the Jets no reason at all to keep giving him carries. So I don't think they have a problem subtracting from his bottom line in favor of Hall. All right, at the Denver Broncos side of things in the backfield, Javante Williams, we don't know yet if he is going to be active here for this game. If he does, he's certainly going to be less than 100%. I think that there are better options that you can turn to. Javante Williams probably at RB27, RB28, 29 on the week for me if he does play. Uh, If he does not play, Jaleel McLaughlin, are you looking his way after being a hot waiver wire pickup here in week five? I like the idea. I mean, he should get plenty of touches if Javante is out, but can you really put him any higher than you would have Javante? I mean, no. to me, none of these guys are locked top 30 options. I, I hate to say this, but I think I would prefer Damian Pierce to any of them just because yep. you know the touches are probably going to be there. And I don't even think Pierce's touch ceiling is that high, but the floor is better than what it will be for any of these Broncos. All right, Garrett Wilson had a... Solid performance here this past week, but Zach Wilson looking at least competent. Uh, And now he gets Patrick Sertan in this one. So Garrett Wilson, wide receiver 18 on the week for me. I do think that you can still look his way. But again, I think I just talked about this with Marquise Brown. Like this is more of a a factor of bye weeks and a lot of these key players being out on bye where Garrett Wilson is a starter for me versus if we had all those players, Garrett Wilson would probably be at RB or wide receiver 27, 28 on the week for me. Uh, as we look at the Denver Broncos side of things here, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, any of these guys in your starting lineup for week five? Yeah, I think you could make the case for Judy to hopefully reestablish himself. The, the idea is I don't think they're going to move Sauce Gardner around. So that's kind of a moving piece here is who does he end up guarding the majority of the time so basically this comes down to who is russell wilson comfortable throwing to because they're going to scheme him away from gardner so i think we'll learn more than we will gain if that makes sense like i don't think the fantasy production necessarily is going to be great this week for either one of them they're both inside my top 30 but neither in my top inside my top 20 but if they're scheming things for Cortland sutton to get him away from sauce gardner we could be looking at a change of guard to who the wide receiver one in denver is Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 33 on the week. Jerry Judy at wide receiver 34. So right back to back, I think there are better options that you can turn to. I'd be playing Jacoby Myers. I'd be playing Adam Thielen, Tank Dell, 
all above Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy here this week. Uh, just a little bit scared of the matchup here in this one. No really tight ends here to talk about in this matchup. Broncos minus two and a half. Where are you going? Broncos minus two and a half. Give me the Jets. I'm going to take the points here because a coin flip game that I don't. Does either team get to 20? Like, if this game's not getting to 20, I'll take the points and cover my eyes. Uh, I The Broncos defense, I can't. I can't. Can't support them. Even though it is the Jets offense. Like, I cannot do this. Uh, going with the Broncos defense, I will go with the Jets here as well. Let's go Chiefs. At the Vikings here, Chiefs minus three and a half in this one. Patrick Mahomes, man, he's going to bounce back big time in this one. Kirk Cousins, this we are going to see points go up on the board. This is a 53-point over-under, so we are going to see points go up on the board in this one. Kirk Cousins, even though it is the Chiefs defense, is in my starting lineups as a top 10 option. Isaiah Pacheco had a really, really solid performance here this past week. I got to hand it to you, Isaiah Pacheco, in your starting lineups oh. again here this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he's locked and loaded this point and moving forward. RB 16 on the week here for me, Isaiah Pacheco, into my starting lineups. Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, we, it's still Alexander Madison's backfield, but this is a tougher matchup here up against the Kansas City Chiefs defense. What are we doing with Alexander Madison here in week five? Yeah, it's not great, but he's still a running back two for me. He's running back 18 in my ranks for this week. I think if as much as we joke about Minnesota throwing the ball as much as anybody in the league and airing it out. And Kirk cousins was on pace at one point for 6,100 passing yards and 51 touchdowns. That pace has come back to earth a little bit, but if they're going to win this game, they're going to win it. How Carolina stayed tight with them last week. And that's control the ball, control the clock, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And Madison's the only way they're doing that. I get what we saw from cam Akers. We saw some routes. We saw some touches. That's great. This still isn't a committee to me. It's what, like 70-30? Madison, to me, that's yeah. more than enough to land you as a running back two in my ranks just because we don't see roles like that. You you can't go to Pittsburgh and say somebody's getting 65-70% of the running right. back touches. You can't go to even Miami. I mean, right. I have the Miami guys ranked higher, but you get the idea. Yep. Uh, 27 opportunities in week three for Alexander Madison, 18 this past week up against Carolina. I do think that he is going to see plenty of volume here in this one. He's at RB 21 on the week for me. So lowering him just a little bit because of the matchup, but the volume is certainly going to be there at the wide receiver position. I guess I will phrase it this way. Like Rasheed Rice, we've talked about him already up to this point, but Minnesota Vikings are allowing the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position through the first four weeks of the season. So I think Rasheed Rice is a very solid play. I think Sky Moore you can get away with as a flex option if you're in a pinch because of these bye weeks. I'm not as excited about that, but I do think that you can get away with him. I think that's the way to view these guys. For Minnesota, who are you not starting here at the wide receiver position? Is it KJ Osborne is really the only guy that you're not looking at? He is. I mean, right now, I think he's trending the wrong direction. Like Jordan Addison got shut out last week, but again, they didn't have the ball at all in that game. And he was trending in a positive direction. So I'll trust the trends over a one week performance there. I think Addison is the number two in this offense. I've got him inside my top 30. So I'm playing him. I have him over any of the chiefs receivers and I'm high on rice. So that kind of tells you where we are in that regard. But yeah, I mean, as far as DFS goes, as far as season long goes, I think you're okay with Addison, understanding that there are there's a pretty decent range of outcomes for him. And then at the tight end position, it's obviously Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson. Both of those guys are in your starting lineups. Chiefs minus three and a half in this one. Where are you going? Yeah, the public's coming in heavy on Minnesota here. I wrote this article of like 36 hours ago, and the Chiefs were minus five. It's come down a point and a half. That means people are jumping on Minnesota. I get it. Give me the Chiefs. Yep, I'm going to go Chiefs here as well, just because of the 
the matchup up against the Minnesota Vikings defense, I don't think that they're going to have really much of an answer here for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers in this one. 49ers minus three and a half. Dak Prescott not on the streaming radar in this one. Brock Purdy, we talked about him earlier. Quarterback 15 in that range. You can look his way if you need to, but you are really relying on the receivers to make up for the tough matchup there. At the running back position, it's Tony Pollard for starting him i we've talked very little about tony pollard up to this point every single week like i feel like i'm just saying his name for the first time in 10 days because he's just been set it and forget it like it's just been that you just know exactly what you're going to get every single week tony pollard yep. in there and of course the other side christian mccaffrey i'm just going to keep flying through this one cd lamb you're he's into starting lineups here there's not really much to question there uh, at the other side of the ball here, because you're not looking at Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. What are we doing here with the San Francisco 49ers wide receivers? Rinse and repeat it. You got to play them both. I mean, Debo, we keep an eye on his injury report, but he's back yeah. at practice. Everything kind of trending in the right direction after not seeing a single target last week. I think that changes. And when that changes, Ayuk is now a random dart throw. George Kittle kind of is too. You're starting all of them, understanding that there's probably one going to be left out, but you don't want to be left holding the bag when your guy goes eight for a buck 20 and two scores. Like, so right. it's the upside in this offense is scored 38 out of nine games with Brock Purdy. Somebody is getting there. Two out of three are probably getting there. And there's a, I guess there's a world in which all three pay off and you have to rank it that way. Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 12 on the week, Debo Samuel at wide receiver 15, and then George Kittle at uh, tight end five on the week. So, just mm -hmm. proving that point right even with Debo Samuel a little bit banged up here he's still going to be a solid start because you just never know what you're going to get and I would rather have him in my starting lineups versus missing out on a big performance there Jake Ferguson at the tight end position here for Dallas has been seeing the targets I think that he is at this point locked into starting lineups just because of the volume correct yeah I agree I mean I've got him inside my top 10 Matthew Stafford the only kind of quarterback that's been tied to the pocket that these 49ers have played, his ADAT dropped by almost 30% when they played. If that's going to happen, Jake Ferguson, ADAT under four and a half yards this season puts him in a good spot to vacuum in targets. I don't know that there's much scoring equity because I, spoiler alert, I like the 49ers in this game. I don't think the Cowboys score much, if at all, in this spot. So that puts Ferguson in a tough spot to really excel and get to that Sam Laporta tier. But yeah, top 10 guy for me. All right, let's make a pick here. 49ers minus three and a half. Not a ton, honestly. I know we flew through that game, but there's not really a ton that we need to break down. These are all options that you're starting every single week. Not really a ton that we need to talk about there. So 49ers minus three and a half. Where are we going here? I think the 49ers boat race them. Like they just, I, they control the clock. They do things here. And if Dallas has to throw the ball, I'm not comfortable in Dallas doing that in a successful way. I think San Fran controls this game on Sunday night. I literally copy paste that entire argument is that I'm, I'm going with the 49ers defense that I know is a top tier unit and the Dallas Cowboys offense, which I still have questions about as far as their passing game. So Agreed. yeah, give me 49ers minus three and a half here as well. Final game of the week here on Monday night football, Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. This is Raiders minus one. This game has moved as far as the spread as well. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Jordan Love, we've talked about him as a streaming option here. Quarterback 12 on the week for me. I think that he is someone that you can easily look at here in a plus matchup. Jimmy Garoppolo, at the time of recording, he has not cleared concussion protocol. It sounds like he is nearing the final stages of it. So by Monday, he is most likely going to be back. That obviously will change the analysis here for the wide receivers. Aaron Jones, after a disappointing performance here in week four, coming back off of that injury, what are we doing with Aaron Jones? Yeah, I think you're fine. And we mentioned it earlier how A.J. Dillon, under three yards to carry, really has done nothing to take this job. 
Aaron Jones has had a week and a half to get right. They brought him back for the divisional game on a Thursday night, which I get, but maybe it was a week earlier. Maybe they just wanted to dip a toe in there. I think he can move into the feature role this week. You're talking 65% of the touches against a bad defense. To me, he's got to be locked into lineups. All right, A.J. Dillon, nowhere near your starting lineups based on what he has done here so far. Josh Jacobs had a little bit of a bounce back performance here recently, starting to get back on track. I'm liking Josh Jacobs here in this matchup as well, a top 10 option. At the wide receiver position, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, what are we doing here with the Packers wide receivers? I mean, I think much the way Aaron Jones was worked in last week coming back from an injury, so was Christian Watson. We only saw 20 routes. He got the cheap short touchdown to pay it off if you were courage enough or had enough courage to plug him into your lineup in his return. He's middling for me. Like I was lower on him than everybody coming into the season. I do like what I've seen from Love as far as him trying to push the ball down the field and what that could mean for Watson long-term, but he's inaccurate with a lot of those throws. So the floor is low. The ceiling's high. We saw the ceiling all year last year with this uh, super efficient production that's unsustainable, but still in his bag, still something he can get to. So that upside in in a good matchup against a bad defense puts him on my flex radar, but I don't think he's a must-start until we see full health. Right, I would agree with that. Christian Watson at wide receiver 26 on the week here for me. Romeo Dobbs at wide receiver 31. Jaden Reed outside of the top 40 wide receivers on the week. As we look at the Las Vegas Raiders side of things here, Devontae Adams is going to be an interesting one to monitor as we move into Sunday for start-sit decisions and all that sort of stuff. That shoulder injury, he is missing practice. That's going to be an interesting one to monitor here. Obviously, Devontae Adams, if he plays then you are playing him you're starting him but we're gonna have to make some tough decisions there jacoby myers if jimmy garoppolo is back is he in your starting lineup he is it's just to circle back to that adams point for a second in his revenge game if you have adams oh, and you're worried about, about it yeah. and maybe you yeah man big revenge game you, you were all over the right. Jameis winston revenge games in those ones but Devonte adams in a revenge spot let's say we don't have 100 percent clarity going into sunday that he's going to start Drop your second defense, drop your backup tight end or kicker or quarterback or whatever. Get rid of the fat on your roster and put in Jaden Reed. Like just have a secondary option. That way, if Adam sits for whatever reason, you're not left holding a zero. You at least have somebody. So take it from me. Get some help at the receiver position just to protect yourself. You don't need running back seven on your roster right now. Jacoby Myers, yes, he's seen double digit targets in both games. That Jimmy Garoppolo has played. I don't see any reason why that'll change. If that if Garoppolo does sit and we get that news ahead of time, Myers will be outside my top 30, but right now he's inside of it, understanding that Garoppolo is more likely than not to suit up. All right, the final player that we will talk about here in this podcast, Luke Musgrave, cleared concussion protocol. Normally that has been a, like, you're out one game. You suffer a concussion, you're out one game. He did make it back in time uh, already here to be cleared for Monday Night Football. Luke Musgrave in that streaming tight end conversation, a guy that you can look at here. But again, we talk about it, all tight ends suck, and he is someone that's within that 12 to 15 range. You can look his way if needed in this matchup. All right, Raiders minus one here in this one to wrap up the show. Where are we going? Yeah, you mentioned that the spread had been moving. It's moved three and a half points since I wrote the article. I'm going to take the Packers, understanding that they have a healthy quarterback. I'd rather banged up skill position players than a banged up quarterback. So give me Jordan Love on Monday night. You've gone with the Raiders uh, the past three weeks, and it has not worked I out have. well for you. You're learning. No. I will go with the Packers here as well. I don't trust the Raiders here in this one. So the 
fact that this has moved from minus two and a half for the Packers to minus one for the Raiders is just, yeah, I'll go with the Packers here. I feel like that is an easy decision. All right, that will do it here for the week five matchup previews podcast. Make sure guys, youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy Sunday morning. We will be doing some start sit live streams here to answer your questions with the latest injury information. Obviously we do the best that we can here on this podcast to run through everything with the information that we have at hand, but we're going to be glued to the news tracker over at PFN news.pfnfantasy.com to make sure that we get all the injury information come back to us on Sunday morning and the YouTube starts at live streams to make sure that you get your starts at questions answered with all the latest information. And then of course the PFN fantasy discord, absolutely free to join there. The link for that is right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. All right, that'll do it for Kyle Sapi. I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.